We're in the Gemara in Yavamos, Chof Amabez, 20b1 in the Art Scroll Gemara, towards the bottom of 20b1. The Gemara is discussing the case of the Mishnah, the case of the Mishnah of Isser Kedusha, which are the very, those are the various cases where there's a Torah prohibition for the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law to do Yibam, for them to get married independent of the fact that their brother-in-law and sister-in-law, which is generally allowed, it's permissible within the context of Yivam, but there's a separate prohibition. It's not a severe prohibition. It's not like the cases that we've had in the first chapter, but there's a different type of a prohibition. There's a prohibition of a regular, normal, negative commandment of a Kohen Gadol marrying a widow or a regular Kohen marrying a divorcee. Uh, those are some of the cases that the Mishnah is discussing. And the Gemara said that, the Mishnah said that the law is that they have to do chalitza, but not yibam. They don't have to do, the, the law is not that they don't do anything, which was the law in the first chapter with regards to the very severe uh, prohibitions. But you have to do something, but you just have to do chalitza. And the question is why? So the Gemara gave one explanation. The explanation that the Gemara gave until now was that this is a biblical law, that from the Torah we see that there's a requirement to do chalitza, and you're not allowed to do yibam. From the Torah, you're not allowed to do yibam, and uh, you do have to do chalitza. So the Gemara now is going to question this, and ultimately it's going to reject this approach. Uh, the Gemara is going to prove from a brysa, the brysa is going to say that uh, if they were in such a scenario or a similar scenario where there's a negative commandment, and they were to do yibam, even though we don't, recommend doing Yibam, and it's a prohibition to do Yibam, but if you did Yibam, then it would work. It would actually work, and it, they would be viewed as married. However, if the Torah itself is telling us that uh, you're not allowed to do Yibam, so then it shouldn't even be viewed as a marriage. It shouldn't be halakhically viewed as a marriage if the Torah is telling us that you're not allowed to do Yibam. Uh, so we're going to prove from a Braysaw that says that it would be viewed as a marriage if they were to attempt to do it. Not that they're allowed to do it, but if they were to attempt to do it, so it would be viewed as a marriage. This proves to us that this is not on a biblical level. That really this is just on a rabbinic level. That on a rabbinic level we say that they shouldn't do yibam. And that's why if they did it, it would actually work. Uh, and so this rejects the position that says that on a biblical level you're not allowed to do yibam because if it's really true that on a biblical level you're not allowed to do yibam, so then even if they were to attempt to do yibam, it shouldn't even be recognized uh, by the halacha. So let's see the Gemara inside. Mesev Rava. Rava asks the following question based on the Brisa. We have the following cases. Following cases where you're not able to have children. So, and the Gemara actually is going to discuss this in greater detail a lot later on in the tractate. But if you have Petuadaka, whether it's crushed testicles or Kroshivcha or a severed organ, or somebody who intentionally made themselves a sris, somebody who's not able to have children intentionally, they actively made themselves not able to have children. For all those cases, the law is, is that they're not allowed to get married. For all those cases, they're not, allowed to, they're not allowed to get married. It's a negative commandment for them to get married in all of those cases. Uh, and then the last case, they are allowed to get married, but somebody who's older and not able to have children anymore, this is all with regards to the man, um, so they are allowed to get married, so that's not, the last cases 
uh, for an older person, they're allowed to get married. But for the first three cases, these are all cases where they're not allowed uh, to get married uh, to somebody from the... They're not allowed to get married. But yet, if they were to... In a situation of Yibam or Chalitza, we'll, we'll see two different scenarios of Yibam or Chalitza, they could either do Chalitza or they could do Yibam, even though in general they're not allowed to get married, but they could do Chalitza or they could do Yibam. And the question is, how how could they do Chalitza or Yibam? What's the case? So we have two cases, and our main focus is really the second case, but we're quoting the entire Brisa, and so it quotes also the first case. The Gemara quotes the first case. Mesu. Let's say these people already died. They died childless. They were got married. Let's say against what the Torah says, they got married, or if it's referring to an older person, they also, which is allowed, the older person got married, but then they die without any children. Vilahem Achim, and they have brothers, Vilahem Nashim, and they were married. And they have brothers, Vamdu Achim, Vasu Maimer, Binashusayim, Binasnu Get, Vichaltu Mashasu, Asu, Vimbalu Kanu. Basically, the laws of Yibam apply to them. If they do Yibam, Yibam works. If they do Chalitza, Chalitza works. If they give a Get, uh, so then even though giving a get doesn't suffice, but giving a get, which is a regular divorce document, uh, so then that would work to say that they can't do Yibam anymore. Uh, the regular laws of Yibam and Chalitza apply to them, because the brother, at this stage, this is the first case, the brother is completely healthy and fine. They could do Yibam, and because even though the marriage itself, the brother who passed away, uh, was in this category of people who are not allowed to get married, but they got married anyways, and it's halachically recognized because it's a, a regular negative commandment where it would be viewed as halachically recognized. And so therefore, when they pass away, the brother could do yibam or chalitza, or whatever it is uh, that's involved in, they could do maimar, whatever is involved in the yibam process. However, meisu achem, v'amdu heim, v'asu maimar b'neshoseim, v'nasu get o'sha chaltu, v'imbalu, mashasu asu, v'imbalu, kanu mishim shenem, marlo yova p'tzuadaka, this second case is saying as follows. The second case, which is what we are trying, we're trying to prove from the second case. The second case says that let's say they weren't the ones who passed away, but they were the live brother. So their brother passed away childless. And now there's this sister-in-law the question is, do they have this option of Yibam or not? So they have the sister-in-law and the brother-in-law, but the live brother, the brother-in-law, is one of these cases, is a Psuadaka, one of these cases where they're not allowed to, there's a negative commandment for them to marry somebody. But the law is still that if they did Maimar, this rabbinic form of engagement, it works. If they give a get, it works to have the ramifications of a get. If they did a Chalitza, it works. And not only that, if they do Yibam also, it's a question whether they're allowed to do Yibam initially, but if they did Yibam, so then it also, it's an acquisition. It, 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 it's, uh, it's, it, it works. They're viewed as married. The even itself works. And so the Gemara asks, I don't understand. If we say that for all negative commandments, the Torah is telling us that the Yibam is not even recognized, so then why should this work? It shouldn't work. It must be that on a Torah level, it is recognized for a regular negative commandment. On a Torah level, it should be viewed as recognized. And that's the proof this price is the proof to reject the first answer. The first answer is saying that on a biblical level, don't do Yibam, do Chalitza, incorrect. On a biblical level, Yibam would also work. Why would Yibam work? Because a positive commandment overrides a negative commandment. Very simple. A positive commandment of Yibam overrides any negative commandment. If it's a normal negative commandment, it would override 
this negative commandment as well, and so therefore you're allowed. It will be you could, the ibum would work. Oh, so then why the, we go back to our original question? Not on the brisa, but so why does the Mishnah say that you shouldn't do ibum? In the end of the day, why shouldn't you do ibum on a biblical level? It works. So it's a rabbinic decree. And the question is, what exactly is the rabbinic decree? Uh, but before we even get there, the Gemara gives other suggestions. So we'll see the other suggestions quickly. El Amarava Rava says, you know what? You know, when it comes to Amana, we said that if you're a widow uh, from a marriage, from an actual marriage, so then there's a positive commandment and a negative commandment to marry the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, because first of all, she's a widow, and second of all, uh, she already had marital relations before, so therefore there's already a different prohibition. Our whole question was if it's from the time of engagement, from the time of engagement, they didn't have marital relations. They're saying, you know what, maybe there's also a positive violation, you're violating a positive commandment, because the verse also says you should be holy. I'm referring to the to the Kohanim, it says you should be holy, you should be, you should be sanctified to their God. And maybe that includes a positive commandment to say that the reason why you can't do even here is not because it's on a biblical level at this stage, but it's because you're vi- it's in violation of both a positive and a negative commandment. So it's not purely a negative commandment, but it's both a positive and a negative commandment. But the Gemara rejects this because the Gemara says, um, But we had other cases besides for the Almana to the Kohen Gadol. There's other cases in the Mishnah of the Mamzer marrying a regular Jew. That's not allowed, and that's a regular negative commandment. The Gemara says, no, maybe over there too. It says in general, with regards to all the laws of the Torah, you should be holy. So maybe every law in the Torah, every negative commandment, has a positive commandment associated with it, connected to it. It's because it says you should be holy. Referring to all of these cases. All these cases should be holy, and so therefore every negative commandment also has a positive commandment uh, associated with it. The Gemara says, no, this can't be. How is it possible you can tell me every single mitzvah Every prohibition, negative commandments in the Torah also has a positive commandment associated with it. Cannot be. In the end of the day, the Gemara rejects this possibility to say that maybe there's a positive commandment and a negative commandment associated with this. The Gemara is going to come on to the conclusion now that is a rabbinic prohibition. Meaning on a Torah level, positive commandment, Yibam overrides negative commandments. Any of these negative commandments, it overrides the negative commandment as long as it's not a severe negative commandment. As long as it's, this is a regular, ordinary negative commandment, it overrides the negative commandment. But on a rabbinic level, we say... Don't do Yibam, don't do Chalitza. Uh, sorry, you do Chalitza, don't do Yibam. What is this rabbinic decree? So that, uh, gonna, Gemara is going to give some answers to, and then we're going to see the conclusion of the Gemara in a minute. We say that you cannot do Yibam to a widow from engagement, that they were only engaged, because we're concerned that maybe people are going to think you could do Yibam even in the context where it's a widow for a Kohen Gadol to the Amana to the widow after they got married, after the brother and the sister-in-law got married, they were actually married, then the brother passes away, but that's not allowed, because that's not just a negative commandment, that's also a violation of a negative commandment and a positive commandment. Maybe that's that's the rabbinic decree. I think Mara says, no. Mamzeres Unesina, Mike Lamar, what are you what are you gonna do with all these other cases of Mamzeres Unesina, of the Mamzer? That's only uh that where what why would we have a rabbinic decree in that case? Sigmar says, No, we will have a rabbinic decree. Because we'll have a rabbinic decree because you're going to tell me that Yibam is the only context where you're allowed to marry a mamzer? Then people are going to think that you're allowed to marry a mamzer even outside the context of Yibam. And that's the rabbinic decree. We're going to allow you to marry a mamzer within Yibam, then people are going to think you can marry a mamzer even outside of Yibam. So the Gemara says, if we're making rabbinic decrees so far, 
so, such the rabbinic decrees, then we should be concerned for so much. And the Gemara says, if you say this, we should be concerned for the following. If this is the case, then we're going to say, if Yibam you're allowed to do for your sister-in-law, but only if it's on the father's side. But let's say people are going to think that you should also do Yibam if it's on the mother's side. If it's your brother from, if it's your maternal brother, not just if it's your paternal brother. We should be concerned for so many things. Gemara says, no, we're not concerned for that. Because people know. People know that it's only on the father's side. It's based on inheritance. It's all on the father's side. Oh, but people should be concerned. The says, How can we ever allow Yibam? People are going to think that just like we allow Yibam, brother-in-law and sister-in-law can marry. If they don't have children, maybe they could also marry when they do have children. We should we should have all these concerns. The Gemara says, no, we don't have that concern. But People know that Yibam is only in the context where you don't have children. The Gemara says, oh, we should be concerned. We should never allow Yibam because maybe people will think to allow Yibam in the case of the two brothers who were never alive at the same time and then we'll be concerned for that case. The Gemara says, no, the people know that it's only when the two brothers are alive at the same time. Apparently everybody already knows Mesechus Yivamos. Everyone knows that the tractate of Yivamos, everything we've been discussing until now. The Gemara finally asks, Maybe we should never allow Yibam for the case of an islandess. The case of where the sister-in-law can't have children. In that case, there is no Yibam. So people were concerned. Maybe they'll do Yibam in that case. Have all these concerns if we're going to say that there's a rabbinic prohibition here. Where it says, no, lo that case, it's not common for women not to be able to have children. We're not going to be concerned for cases which aren't common. Then the Gemara says, if we're not concerned for cases that aren't common, then then we should also not be concerned for the cases of a mamzer. Because a mamzer is not common either. We don't have so many cases of a mamzer. So we shouldn't be concerned for a mamzer either. So why are we making a rabbinic degree for a mamzer to begin with? A mamzer is not even a case which is common. So now the Gemara concludes with the following explanation. El Amarava, basically the Gemara was saying we, we have all these different rabbinic decrees that it's really not, we should be concerned for this, concerned for that. These cases are not so common. We shouldn't, be, we shouldn't have a rabbinic decree in this case. But we should have the rabbinic decree for the following reason. Again, why is this allowed? Why are you allowed to do Yibam? Because the positive commandment of Yibam overrides the negative commandment. It overrides an ordinary negative commandment. But the positive commandment is only after you fulfill Yibam once. The way to fulfill Yibam is by having sexual relations. You do it once, and you fulfill the mitzvah. So we're concerned, what's going to be the case? You're going you're gonna to do Yibam once, you're going to have sexual relations once, and then you're going to have to get divorced. We're concerned they're going to continue staying married. They're going to continue to have marital relations. That is a serious concern. Because the positive commandment overrides the negative commandment only once, the very first time. Every other time, you it's still a negative commandment. There is no positive commandment. That itself is a real concern. That's going to exist in every scenario where there's yibum. There's a this, this scenario of yibum, brother-in-law and sister-in-law, where there's already an, another negative commandment. Because it's only going to work for the first time. So it's true on a biblical level. The first time it's going to work. But then we're concerned they're going to stay married. They're going to continue to have marital relations. And so that's why on a rabbinic level we say, just do chalitza. It's, why go through the trouble? Do ye, You're going to do yibam and then have to get divorced right away? Don't do that. On a rabbinic level we say, do chalitza, don't do yibam. And the Gemara then brings a support for this. We say that if you don't listen to the rabbis and you do Yibam anyways, it works. It does work. But you would have to get divorced. You're not allowed to have a second Bia. You're not allowed to have a second time where you have marital relations. And that's why. That's the conclusion of the Gemara. 
That's why we say, uh, in these contexts where there's already a negative commandment, an additional negative commandment between the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law, we say, don't do Yibam, because then you're just going to have to get divorced right after you do Yibam. True, the Yibam itself would work, because that's the positive commandment. But you're ready, once you do that, you fulfill the positive commandment, and then we would tell you you'd have to get divorced. So just don't do it to begin with, just do Chalitza. And it's based on that rabbinic decree. Okay, we will stop here in the Gemara. We have a few more lines left in the Gemara, which we will continue with in our next recording.